0: welcome back to the essentially you podcast i am your host dr marisa snyder and i'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy vitality and joy and become the ceo of your health let's jump on in do you ever feel like you're coming up short on your biggest health goals no matter what you do you are doing everything right You're following what you thought was a healthy diet, you are gratitude journaling every morning, you're crushing your workouts, you're sleeping pretty good, and you're staying consistent with your supplements. You're literally killing it, yet something doesn't seem to be right. That belly fat just won't budge, and you can't seem to conquer those mid-afternoon and late night cravings to save your life. Now, if you're wondering why this keeps happening, I've got you. That's what today's episode is all about. You are in the right place. More often than not, we are getting blindsided by hidden carbs, nasty seed oils, and sneaky sugars embedded in some of the main foods we've been told were good for us. Literally, we've been told they were healthy our entire lives. Now some of these foods could be regularly skyrocketing your blood sugar, leading to a vicious cycle of energy crashes, mid-afternoon slumps, intense cravings, and stubborn belly fat that simply won't go away. And this can even lead to chronic issues like metabolic dysfunction, diabetes, and heart disease. Now today I'm going to reveal these foods and give you some amazing alternatives that can be game changers for not only your metabolic health, but for things like cravings, that belly fat, hormonal imbalances, and so much more. But before we get into these foods, I want to help you understand how blood sugar leads to weight loss resistance, belly fat, and many other reasons why you're not hitting your goals. Between bloating and jeans that don't fit by 5 p.m. the same exact day, battling belly fat can be more than just trying to fit into your favorite pair of pants. It can be the cause of system-wide inflammation, right? Belly fat is dangerous fat, and it's no wonder so many of us want to get it under control. The research is clear. Belly fat is dangerous. Now, there are two kinds of belly fat to be aware of. The first one is subcutaneous fat. The mostly harmless but the, the fat that you notice, right? It's the one that's near the surface. is the one that's giving you the muffin top. It's the one that you're trying to hide. And then you've got the visceral fat. This is the fat deep in the abdominal area that is covering your organs. This is that dangerous fat I was talking about. Now, visceral fat is the most dangerous fat because one, it's harder to get rid of. And two, it transfers all kinds of harmful material to your liver. And when you have too much of that, and yes, you can have too much, it gets much, much harder to lose. Now, both fats tend to accumulate more quickly when your blood sugar is all over the place and you are less insulin sensitive. That means you have got a sluggish metabolism as a result. And the longer that you are on this blood sugar roller coaster, accumulating this belly fat, the worse things get, right? Over time, we know that a spectrum of inflammation can get worse and worse. And then that hill just becomes a lot harder to climb when we've got... Deregulated blood sugar, insulin resistance, and we're trying to lose all of this adipose fat as well. And this is because you're in a state of low grade system wide inflammation directly caused by, again, visceral belly fat and lifestyle choices that we make every single day. Now, what's really unfortunate is that over 85% of women share this same struggle with you if you're struggling with belly fat from almost the exact same reason. Even more alarming is that up to 90% of women experience high glucose spikes on a daily basis. Even those who think they are eating healthy every single day, there's a good chance there may be something in their diet, even the way that they kick off their morning breakfast or what time they eat at night that could be driving a blood sugar spike. A 2018 Stanford study really broke ground on this topic when they discovered that 9 non-diabetics experience diabetic significant spikes over 140 milligrams per deciliter from common foods like rice, grapes, oatmeal, even protein bars. These healthy food spikes can cause a range of short and long-term health issues from hormonal imbalances to menstrual cycle issues to feeling depleted, moody, and hangry. Like all those kind of feelings you're thinking that are only related to your hormones could absolutely be a deregulated blood sugar situation. So the important thing to take away here is that once you understand why certain healthy foods can actually spike your blood sugar or cause more inflammation, then you can begin to make changes in real time to your diet that will significantly lower your risk for serious chronic disease, including metabolic dysfunction, insulin resistance, hormone issues, because yes, it's all tied together, heart disease, diabetes, and even dementia. So what I'm about to share will be a little bit hard-hitting because there are truths that we are simply not being told. And I'm going to tell you, it is not your fault. But knowledge is power, and I hope to help you move the needle towards healing and feeling your very best today. So what we know is that blood sugar spikes cause an inflammatory response every single time. Every time. And we now know that they can also lead to weight loss resistance. They can lead to belly fat, relentless cravings, and a slew of other health issues, And again, some of them can be very immediate and very disruptive that can impact our everyday life and just lending to us having struggles, right? Being on the struggle bus. But to put it into perspective, every time you have dessert on its own or have a pumpkin spice latte or a almond milk latte that's got sugar in it, right? And not even sugar in the latte, sugar in the almond milk with a gluten-free muffin in the morning or sushi rolls for dinner you are potentially spiking your blood sugar past that 140 milligram per deciliter mark and creating an SOS emergency signal to the body, driving an inflammatory cascade and often forcing insulin to become a fat storage hormone. And not even just fat storage, but it inhibits the release of fat to be used as energy. At the very least, the more often we spike our blood sugar, we raise our fasting blood sugar levels slowly but surely, along with driving more insulin resistance and more fat storage. It's like a vicious cycle that we really have got to get under control. Now, if you want to further understand the role of insulin resistance on our hormones and our body, because it is directly connected to our menstrual cycle, to things like PCOS, to fertility, I mean, there's so many areas, to our energy levels, to our thyroid hormone, I really want you to dive into the episode 354, What is an Insulin Block?, And how does it impact your ability to handle carbs? I'll have the link in the show notes for you to go and dive deeper into that topic. That is a phenomenal episode that really breaks down the science. And again, because it's a lot of science, I wanna just refer you to that episode opposed to sharing it all in this one today. But for today's episode, I wanna look specifically at the healthiest foods that are actually causing blood sugar spikes and creating this inflammatory cascade in more ways than we think. Now, you may already know that for some reason, many of these foods could be concerning when it comes to blood sugar spikes and inflammation. But I also want you to gut check how often you make exceptions even when you know they may be causing metabolic distress. You know, one of the things that I hear so often from women is that I rarely have that or only have that for breakfast or I only have that on the weekends. But we have to realize is that that is consistent enough to drive a, a negative response in the body, to drive our blood sugar out of a range that is healthy. And over time that adds up. So I just wanted to share that it's important for us to be consistent. And you know, I, I get that everything in moderation, as long as we are really helping to protect our body and really helping to keep inflammation in check. Now, also when it comes to some of these foods, it's not just the processed sugar that I'm gonna be talking about, but it's the ultra-processed ingredients. Now the problem with ultra-processed food is that during their processing, they often get reduced, right? All the beneficial, all the health-promoting properties of that food, like the vitamins and fiber, um, they just get concentrated into the more damaging parts of the food, like refined sugar. The damage of the structure of the compounds in that food make them disease-promoting, like oxidized fats. and there's added stabilizers, preservatives, artificial synthetic chemicals that make them more palatable and shelf-stable. So I want you to know that there's multiple layers of what ultra-processed foods turn into that make them so dangerous. Now, the name of the game when it comes to nourishing our bodies with food is the less processed, the better. Remember, food serves two main purposes. It is the building blocks of every part of your cells in your body, and we need good building blocks to have structurally and functionally sound cells inside of our body, especially our brain cells, especially our gut and our liver cells, and especially our ovaries, and our uterus cells, right? There are so many parts of our body that we really want to make sure that when we're building them, they are structurally and functionally sound. Second, second, food is molecular information that tells your body what to do. Yes, I'm telling you, like it, they are directing traffic like a police officer would be directing traffic in New York City, right? We are talking changing gene expression, being a part of cell signaling pathways, triggering hormones, driving protein synthesis, driving metabolism. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And let's be real, it's very hard to find food products in the grocery store that are process-free and containing no weird ingredients like soy lectins, alcohol sugars, refined sugars, seed oils, soy, corn, emulsifiers, natural or artificial flavorings and colorings. I mean, honestly, the list goes on. There's like 18,000 plus different types of preservatives and additives that are added to food-like substances in the grocery store. Now, I have personally scoured the store for box items, and it's really, really, really hard. And you have to pay a premium for the products that are, you know, very low ingredient list and that are minimally processed. Hence, the recommendation is to stay around the perimeter of the grocery store or go to the farmer's market where there are veggies and fruits and grass-fed meats, hopefully, um, and, you know, nut milks and, and whatever, you know, again, that's where the real food can be found. So with that, here's my list of five foods that are being marketed as healthy, but in the end are not really. Number one, conventional salad dressings and other condiments. This includes mustards, mayo, ketchups, barbecue sauces, dressings, you name it. Just look at the ingredient list on many of these, and it is alarming. Honestly, it's gross. They tend to contain a heap of added sugar. I'm talking about tablespoons of sugar, inflammatory seed oils, and preservative chemicals. My recommendation is to, you know, do your research. One of my favorite companies is going to be, oh my God, I'm having a moment, um, but is Primal, um, Primal Kitchen. Um, That's often what we get, or we are, are making a lot of this stuff on our own. So just a heads up, mayo, you probably... Pretty good on, but again, look at the ingredient list just in case. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through this super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my Essentially Whole Magnesium Restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code PODCAST and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Here's something I know every woman can agree on. Stubborn belly fat can feel like the worst, especially when you've tried everything to lose it. Not to mention, belly fat can be dangerous for us too. According to a brand new study, women over 40 who have excessive belly fat are up to 20% more likely to suffer a heart attack. And no surprise, hormones are involved in belly fat production, which is actually good news because we can optimize your hormones and metabolism for a flatter stomach. And that's exactly what I'm offering to you as a free gift today. My belly slim down guide gives you three effective strategies to get rid of belly fat along with recipes to reduce bloating, balance your blood sugar, and speed up your metabolic furnace to optimize fat burning. So grab the belly slim down guide with my proven protocols and recommendations and recipes now at drmarisa.com slash slimdown. That's drmarisa.com slash slimdown, and the link will be in the show notes. Um, so again, alternatives, primal kitchen is a bit pricier, but definitely the juice is worth the squeeze because they use real ingredients, minimal or no sugar and avocado oil. Um, again, you can also kind of do some research and do it yourself at home, um, with a blender, um, and save a ton of money. And also again, a ton of blood sugar spikes and inflammatory issues just by putting, you know, a dressing on your salad at night. Number two, Crackers, popcorn, even rice cakes, including gluten-free—you know, all of that bread, the whole nine, right? This one is a no-brainer for many of us, but sometimes clever marketing can get the best of us. So, for an example, just kind of under this category, I—I um, I ran. I'm in the middle of my 90-day metabolic um, program with a group of women, and a lot of them are wearing continuous glucose monitors, and I'm, I'm looking at all of that information and data. And one of the women, one of the nights. Had cauliflower pizza and super clean ingredients. It was a veggie cauliflower pizza. She bought the cauliflower crust and then then made it herself. Um, And sure enough, it's had a massive spike. I think she went up to 150 milligrams per deciliter, which is well, you know, it was a huge spike. I think it was like 45 um, decibel spike. And you know, I kind of just pointed it out, and she said she immediately noticed herself. And the thing she went to read the nutritional label, the ingredient label, and the second or third ingredient was rice flour. So yes, this label promised to be this super healthy cauliflower pizza recipe or pizza dough. Um, and I've been telling all of my ladies to eat more cruciferous vegetables. So here you go, cauliflower. But little did she know, because she didn't look at the ingredient list, that the majority of this pizza dough or this you know pizza crust was actually rice flour um, that was highly processed, and it ended up completely, you know, spiking her blood sugar, and it and it messed with her, and you know, until the night and the next day. That's how long it took for her blood sugar to normalize again. So I just want you to know that when you eat foods like this, even though they seem healthy, it could take a day or two for your body to finally normalize your blood sugar back to normal range. That's how long this could be having an impact on your body. So again, this includes crackers, even simple mill crackers, which my son eats, but I don't eat them. Um, popcorn, again, rice cakes. Um, and the alternatives that I look at when I'm looking at this to make decent crackers are Brad's, Brad's crackers. It's um, like veggie and seed crackers and hue. Um, I think you even have to look out for Mary's crackers because I, I do believe that there is, I'll have to take a look. Some of Mary's crackers may have more processed carbs. And will, again, spike your blood sugar. So, again, something to look out for. Other alternatives as well is veggies, right, Um, is a great alternative to crackers. We do a lot of bell pepper and carrots and celery. And I love Persian cucumbers. And so I'll do those. Um, Again, get in where you fit in. But we got to just swap out some alternatives here. And then another alternative to crackers that I love is like um, roasted cashews. But, again, make sure that when you're buying roasted cashews that they're not roasted with canola oil. So it's super rare to be able to find a roasted cashew without canola oil coated all over it. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And so what we do is we buy raw organic cashews and then we roast them ourselves in our home and we like spice them up with all kinds of yummy spices and again, make them good. And then I store them in like an airtight container and consume them over a week or so. So those are just some examples and alternatives that you can lean into. Number three... Oatmeal and granola, including high protein and keto varieties. Yes. And uh, let's just put in, oh, I'm number four is going to be protein bars in a second. But yeah, this is a major offender. Often considered a go-to healthy breakfast, oatmeal surprises many people as a glucose spiker. Heavily processed instant or rolled varieties break down more quickly, leading to a very sharp blood sugar rise. And also, if you're doing flavored varieties, it contains a ton of added sweeteners and guaranteed to spike your blood sugar. And that goes for granola too. I don't know about you, but gosh, granola is not my best friend. Let me tell you, granola with milk uh-uh, or granola with a yogurt. If you have a really good like Greek yogurt and you can tolerate dairy um, with a tiny bit of granola, maybe it won't spike your blood sugar. good chance you may want to add some like nuts and seeds to that too. Um, But you just want to be really mindful. The common granolas on the market, I know for me as a little girl, um, I used to think granola was so healthy, but man, it was so, it had so much sugar in it. So I loved it so much. Now, if you look around, again, there are companies that are making paleo oats and granola that don't contain a lot of grains or too many carbs or added sugar. So you just have to really read your labels. And the real way to know is if granola is spiking your blood sugar or not um, is you know, you got to be checking your blood sugar, um, whether that's with a glucose meter or a continuous glucose monitor. Totally up to you what works best. Number four, Cliff bars, Luna bars, Kind bars, RX bars, Quest bars, or any other protein bars on the market. I'll tell you, one of the biggest surprises for me was these very common and quote unquote healthy protein bars, especially ones that touted to be keto or to be minimal ingredients or to be a lot of protein. Um, there wasn't one protein bar that I ate that didn't. I'm talking about some of the biggest blood sugar spikes I ever saw in the last two years of wearing a continuous glucose monitor was from protein bars at like one o'clock in the afternoon as a quick lunch, like blew my blood sugar up. And I tried about, I want to say I tried about eight or nine of them until I finally gave up. Um, but I just want to let you know that many of them, ooh, they are going to spike your blood sugar. Um, what I would check out um, as an option is like a zero sugar added grass fed um, beef jerky or turkey jerky. One of my favorite companies is Paleo Valley. Their beef sticks are amazing. Um, so, again, there are ways to sub out, but it's real food that we need to be focusing on. And I was, I'll tell you what, I was crushed because protein bars was something that I would rely on in case I was on the go. But now I just bring, I'll bring a handful of almonds or cashews. I'll pack some blueberries. Um, and then I will pack a, a couple beef sticks or turkey sticks um, to, or I would just pack like a leftover um, lamb patty or a leftover chicken. You know, I've just, I realized that a lot of these corners I was cutting because I was on the go and I honestly thought they were healthy and I thought that they were doing me a favor, weren't doing me any favors. And so I've, we've gotten really, really smart about what we pack as snacks when we go anywhere, whether it's the zoo or an amusement park or we're traveling on a plane. um, Now we know, based on what I've learned over these last couple of years, that a lot of the things we used to pack aren't things we pack anymore. We've gotten a lot smarter. Number five, Asahi bowls and smoothies that contain added fruit, granola, and juices. I was so bummed. I love Asahi bowls. But, and here's the thing, Asahi berries are very low in sugar, just two to three grams per 100 grams of a little pouch and are loaded with an insane amount of antioxidants. But, and they have a slightly bitter taste. So commercial bowls tend to mix in sweeteners like bananas and mangoes or honey or sweet nut milks or even things like apple juice, right? Or even ice cream for that matter. <laughs> I've seen so many mixed in with, with sorbet. And then sugar shoots through the roof. I will tell you again, just like the protein bars, one of my worst blood sugar spikes ever was an Asahi bowl. Honestly, you should just consider it a milkshake, a fruit milkshake. Um, and then smoothies are the same. If it's a a full-on fruit smoothie, it is going to spike your blood sugar every time. And so what I want to do really quickly is I want to share a smoothie recipe right now um, that is not going to spike your blood sugar unless you have severe insulin resistance or prediabetes or maybe type 2 diabetes. Then you may want to watch out. But if you're not diabetic and you're looking for like a really fiber, fat, protein loaded smoothie, this is, again, nuts and bolts. I'm just going to break it down for you. It's what we drink every day. I've been giving this to all of my women inside of my metabolism group. I've been recommending this smoothie to a lot of my VIP clients. And this is what we drink at home every single morning. So my base is often an unsweetened um, organic almond milk. Unsweetened, okay? Okay. Half that and half water. And again, if it's too costly to have almond milk, then just do water as a base. And then from Costco, I get a big, big bag of frozen florets, organic um, cauliflower florets. I put about a cup of cauliflower florets in there. You will not taste the cauliflower. It just completely disappears. It actually makes the smoothie a little bit creamier. It's kind of like consider it your ice. Um, Then I also put green leafy greens. So about a cup of green leafy greens. So not only am I getting the the benefits of these green leafy greens, which are a different type of fiber and a different type of benefit, but I'm also getting the hearty cauliflower. I mean, it can even be cauliflower rice, but I just like to use florets because we use cauliflower rice for actual cauliflower rice in our house. And then I usually do uh, about a half a cup of berries. Either it's a mixed berry blend or it's straight blueberries. I find that blueberries are the lowest, blueberries and raspberries are the lowest glycemic index. So a handful of blueberries will not spike my blood sugar in a smoothie. Um, Then it's healthy fats. So it's half of an avocado. Um, Sometimes I'll do like a a half a tablespoon or a tablespoon of almond butter because I really want to make sure that my blood sugar stays stable and that I'm full for the rest of the morning. So sometimes I do both because I'm making the smoothie for my entire family. Um, Then um, I am going to add to really bump that fiber up. I do a tablespoon of chia seeds. I just pour them in there, sprinkle them in there. Um, And then I want to make sure that my husband and I are each getting 30 grams of protein. So I'll do, I think it's like, I want to say it's like four scoops or maybe three and a half scoops. I forget. Depend on whatever protein powder you're using, but I want to make sure that each of us are getting that. Um, And then I make a separate one that's a little bit different for Kingston. It's less protein and some banana, so it's a little bit sweeter. Um, But I just blend all that up. Again, cauliflower, greens, mixed greens, berries, avocado, chia seeds, um, a little bit of almond butter, protein. And I use my essentially whole um, autoimmune-friendly protein bone broth um, powder. Um, We have it in vanilla or chocolate. And because I have an autoimmune condition, right, that I mostly keep into remission, um, I always want a really, really, really high-quality protein powder And that means my protein powder is not the cheapest on the market. It's not some, you know, I I can't tolerate whey. A lot of people can't tolerate whey. So this is what works for me. I also sell a a pea-based protein powder as well that's got all of the essential amino acids so that you really get the ability to create protein synthesis. Um, And that is our smoothie. And it is full of tons of fiber, like an insane amount of fiber. It is full of tons of protein. It's the polyphenols from the, the blueberries are there and tons of healthy fat, and it does not spike your blood sugar. So if you're looking for a smoothie that's easy to make, it takes me like five minutes to make it max. Um, and then usually we both drink about, a, it ends up being like 16 to 20 ounces per person. And I use a Vitamix to blend it all up. So again, you want to make sure that if you are consuming smoothies, that it's not a fruit bomb, right? You're not putting a ton of banana and a ton of apple or a ton of mango in there because I'll tell you what, that when those those, um, fruits break down in a blender, they're going to just hit the bloodstream super freaking fast. And I think you should totally eat bananas with almond butter on their own. I think you should totally eat apples with a little bit of nut butter on their own. Um, And, you know, see what happens when you eat mangoes. You know, figure that out. Everybody's a little bit different. Um, But when you pulverize all of that, um, those fruits, it's going to become... It's going to just hit the blood sugar so quick. And what I have learned is that berries, for most women, most people, even when they get pulverized, they don't create that blood sugar response. And so berries are good to go. So those are my recommendations. Asahi bowls, it's rare that you're going to find an Asahi bowl that's not going to spike your blood sugar just straight up. But here's what I would do is just be super intentional about it. Have it for breakfast or lunch occasionally. And then make sure that you go for a walk. After you have that asahi bowl, because you're going to need to do that walk to balance out your blood sugar or take my glucose support before an asahi bowl or drink, you know, a little glass with a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar to blunt that blood sugar response. So just a heads up on that. Um, The next food, which I think we know is not super healthy, but noodle soups like ramen, pho, and chicken, literally chicken noodle soup, especially if they're in a can or a box, let me tell you, I know that these are two distinct foods, but the su- the spike that you're going to experience is the same, right? It's the noodles. Noodles, even rice noodles, are processed foods that are made from refined grains, often refined rice, that lead to a blood sugar spike for many people. I-, I know my husband went on like a ramen and pho rant, like just was eating it, and he gained 10 pounds in a month from pretty much eating these rice noodles. Um, so it's super, super easy. Also, he's got diabetes in his family. And so, you know, we, he's one of those people that has to be super mindful. And honestly, I feel like we all have to be super mindful. But some of us have more of a, a predisposition than others. And so for him, even though he's a guy, um, eating too many noodle soups every week is going to drive weight gain, especially visceral fat, belly fat weight gain. Um, so these are my foods that oftentimes, you know, we always hear, oh, chicken noodle soup, for, for when you're sick, or pho uh, is not bad for you. But again, it's these processed noodles that in, are in a broth, so there's nothing to blunt it really, and they just hit the bloodstream so, so fast. Um, we just have to be on the lookout out for it. Um, and here's the thing. What do these all these foods have in common? Well, they all cause an inflammatory response in the body due to either extra preservatives, artificial flavors and fillers, processed and added sugars, unhealthy and inflammatory seed oils, high-fructose corn syrup, sodium benzoate, potassium bromate, caramel, and other colorings, you know, natural flavorings, and the list goes on and on and on. Up to 75 of the foods found in the grocery store contain many of these harmful ingredients or something similar, and many have tons and tons of added sugar that somehow end up slipping past our radar. Even ones that say low sugar or low carb are most likely going to mess us up. Right? And did you know that the average American gets almost 61% of calories from ultra-processed foods? These highly processed foods are pro-inflammatory from all the sugar, trans fats, salt, refined flour, additives and preservatives that are in the foods. We know that high consumption of highly processed foods increase risk for disease and premature mortality. And by a lot. Several studies have shown that people who eat mostly highly processed foods have higher risk factors for cardiovascular disease. Um, cerebral vascular disease, so stroke, depression, and all cause mortality. And when you eat these foods, you unintentionally jump on the blood sugar roller coaster, which leads to all the issues that I already mentioned. Plus, an actual desire or cravings for more of these foods, like it becomes an addictive roller coaster. So it's true, your brain and your body literally start to crave them, and it's not your fault. If you are craving a protein bar or a Laura bar or a Kind bar or, uh, you know, a a vanilla latte at 2 p.m., all of this is designed to be addictive. I mean, there's a a lot of smart people curating and manipulating this food to make it palatable and addictive for us. It's insane. Honestly, the system's rigged against us. We have to be so mindful. So here's how to beat the food industry's grand plan, right, of really making us sick. Number one, I cannot tell you how important this is. I cannot like just emphasize this so much, but we've got to become label-savvy connoisseurs. Like It's second nature. Like I, Every time you pick something up, and honestly, the, the more the promise is that that food product is delivering, ooh, you better look at that label. I'm talking scour the label, especially the ingredient list. And I'll tell you what, you will know when you see ultra-processed food stuff on that list, you will know when you see the processed corn and the cornstarch and the processed flours, and you'll see the seed oils on that list as well. Stay away. Stay away as much as possible. Number two, buy food that are four to five ingredients or less, or even better, maybe buy a food that doesn't need an ingredient list at all. The best way to really know you're focusing on foods that are whole nutrient-dense foods is to really pay attention on the conveyor belt at the checkout line and check, do like a mental scan. Is 80, 90% of your food items, real food? I'm talking fruits, veggies, nuts, beans, frozen cauliflower, sustainable meat, eggs, fish, real food, right? And that's when I always look is in the conveyor belt. When everything starts to get laid out, what of all of what I'm buying is real food. Like one ingredient food items. Number three, learn to spot a glucose spike on a nutritional label, specifically on packaged food. Recently, I devoted an entire episode to this topic, and I highly recommend going to check it out. I will have the link to that episode in the show notes. But basically, what you're looking at is um, what are the carbs? What's the fiber content, right? What are the grams of sugar? Um, I know for my son, when I'm looking for food items, And goodness knows, like there's so many quote unquote healthy food for toddlers, but there really isn't. And so, you know, I'm looking at different food items and if I see anything more, if I see more than two to five grams of sugar, it's a no-go, right? I don't need, I mean, it's, and a lot of it rarely has any fiber. Um, And then when I look at the ingredient list, um, it's like, I would say 99% of the products that are geared towards toddlers, I don't find very, very safe and good for them. And so, you know, but again, you have to become so label savvy to know. Um, And, you know, we really got to start with our children. You know, we really got to be mindful about what they're consuming, what they're eating. Um, There's a lot of ways that we can create healthy treats without wrecking their blood sugar with a bunch of processed foods. Number four, find a great shopping list that focuses on nutrient-dense foods. So if you want a resource, look no further than my latest book. If you want a yes and no foods list that just gets to, like, just cuts through the noise and gets you super clear on how to heal your gut, your liver, balance your blood sugar, and help to support your hormones, I'll tell you what, the food list, the yes or no foods list, and all the recipes in my EO Menopause Solution book, it has a 21-day hormone makeover program that gives you a meal plan, a shopping list, and recipes to boot. It's everything you need to get started. And if you were to do that program for 21 days, you would be an entirely different person. You would be a completely different person. Um and what I love about that program, um, is that it's it's so easy because I'm so clear on the yes and no, right? And if you just follow the program itself, you are good to go. Also, you should know that if you are, if you know we're heading into in just two days from now, as I'm recording this, um it's April. I can't believe it's already April. And we have decided, because I've had so many people reaching out to me, so many people that missed out on doing our detox in January, we've decided, um, I got together with my team and decided to, to run another live detox group, a 14-day detox group on, I think it's May 2nd. So you're going to see some information coming out. I'm going to be letting you know about it probably around mid-April um, because we, in order to get people ready for that that May 2nd jumpstart date. We have a prep week, and then we want to let people know I'll have a webinar that I'll be inviting you to as well. So if you've been thinking to yourself, like, man, I just need a major reset. Um, I started my year with great intentions, but then life happened, and I slipped, um, and I started making unhealthy decisions, unhealthy lifestyle habits, because it happens to the best of us. It's happened to me many, many times. And you're thinking, man, I'm not where I want to be at the end of spring I'm not where I want to be heading into summer. I'm still holding on to the holiday pounds. Um, Please consider the 14-Day Detox Life group with me. If you've ever wanted, you know, a 14-day glow-up transformation where you started to heal your metabolism, balance your blood sugar, support your hormones, your liver, and your gut, um, this is the program for you. And the other thing I wanted to just let you know that, yes, it's a bit of work. It's a commitment because you are changing a lot about what you eat. But when you, I, there is not anybody, when I'm, I'm telling you, 7,000 plus people have done that program now who walk out on the other side of that 14 days and regret the decision to really take that epic leap towards feeling so incredible, feeling amazing, towards learning how to eat in a way that really nourishes their body. Um, I was just talking to um, one of my best friends just about the program and um, the amazement of how much weight people lose on the program. Like I've had Alex, my husband's lost 15 to 20 pounds almost every single time he does it. And I've had best friends. Our best friends were just over this weekend and both of them have lost upwards of 20 pounds when they've done the program. Um, So friends and family in my life have just seen crazy leaps and jumps in 14 days, you guys, 14 days. But the average weight loss for the program is usually 9 to 11 um, for most people, which even still, man, I'll tell you what, back in the day, I would take 9 to 14, I'd take a 9 to 12 pound loss in a half month, any day of the week. And so so I just wanted to share that with you as I was thinking about today about how we've been kind of, we've been lied to, we've been tricked, (laughs) you know, we think a lot of foods are healthy because we were told by... The American Heart Association or the Diabetes Association or nutrition or a doctor told us, whatever, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And what it really comes down to is man, is this food spiking your blood sugar or not? And if it is, we've got to find a healthy alternative. And so in the detox, um, I just believe me, there's no food that are spiking your blood sugar in that program because I know the even the minimal offenders, I know the medium offenders, I know the minimum offenders, I know the high offenders. I created a program that it it's you, you can't lose. You simply cannot lose. So if you want to check out the details, again, we're a month away from going live on that. But because I felt so compelled to share that with you today because of this episode, I will have the link in the show notes for um, to go check out the detox. If, if you've been thinking about it, if you've been on the fence over the last couple of years and you're thinking, ah, oh, I just, I have this wedding coming up or ah, oh, I have this other thing coming up or I just don't think it's right for me or I just don't know if I feel motivated enough. You know, just bet on yourself, bet on yourself this one time and and go for it. Even if you do it 75% of the way, even if you do it even 50% of the way, it will change your life like you've never, never seen. Um, And we're talking about 14 days, less than half a month. That's all I wanted to share. Again, if you love these tips today, be sure to, one, go to the show notes and check out the other resources that I've offered you today. Go and make that smoothie (laughs) because it is the game changer. And you could just commit to that smoothie for 30 days and you will feel different. Um, and then be sure to subscribe for the show for more easy tips to do your hormones and to upgrade your health. And if you get a chance, review it too. We're so close to 800 reviews. I can taste it. Um, and I would just love to hit that mark. And you know, The more reviews, the more exposure we get to help women become the CEO of their health.